Welcome, welcome, welcome. We speak dispatch today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got the usual suspects plus Glenna is back with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. Um, welcome back. Looking at uh, Doug's background, he's he's changed locations. Right. So <laughs> I'm in the big city now. That's right. So it's like Green Acres. I'm going to the big city. So. <laughs> All right. So today, uh, I did not share this topic with our panelists because oh I, you know, gosh. I think it's, you know, it's it's not scary. But um, I was doing a project. <laughs> Doug, where'd you go? I was he's doing a project uh, with the state organization um, about. Next Gen 911. Ah. So that was the topic, Next Gen 911. And normally when you hear Next Gen 911, you're thinking all the technology and all the stuff that's coming. That wasn't this. This was the next generation of 911 professionals. And it got us to thinking, because we've got probably, let me count, probably close to 100 years of experience on this panel right now. Things have changed in our profession since we started. We can agree? Yeah. Yes. All right. So where's 911 headed? What's coming next? What do you think the future holds for those who are going to take our place? Mm. So any, any thoughts, any yeah, ideas? I, yes, I I'll, think, I'll just uh, start with one. Oh, go ahead, Doug. I was just gonna say, I think that we're gonna really get into AI. I think the artificial intelligence part of this thing is gonna really come to fruition with wow. drones flying around and all of these new technologies of tracking people and things like that, that it's gonna mm -hmm. make our jobs, the future's jobs, not mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna make it way more technical because they're gonna get to see so many more things than I used to complain about not getting the phone number to display on the Annie Allen. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to be, everything's going to display on that screen. So I think that's where we're headed. Okay. I'm going to circle back around to Doug. Joe, what do you got? I uh, agree with Doug. And I also think uh, cloud-based uh, products are also going to become more popular. We're starting to see them come in to 911, whether it be mm -hmm. CAD systems or mapping or whatever it might be. And I think you're also going to possibly see partnerships where, uh, one product may offer something and another product may offer something else and then mm -hmm. they will combine. So to make the just dispatcher's job, not only easier, but more efficient as well to where they only have one screen to go to. Mm. One screen. Oh, on. One, one, one screen. Yeah. Not 10. What do you think, Glenna? Yeah, but that screen's 70 feet long. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, um, I think that video is probably the next um, thing that we're going to be seeing. We already mm -hmm. see it now where we tell people, no, please don't send me the video of, you know, the dog being eaten alive or something. Um, but I think that <laughs> it be, I know <laughs> I had that last week. Um, I think that video is going to be um, pretty significant. Um, we already have, you know, the ring cameras and all of that, but we're going to be getting uh, video displays in the comm center, which uh, I don't know as if it's such a good thing with the way things mm -hmm. are set up now and the, the lack of support that, you know, dispatch has as far as debriefings and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as, as dispatchers, we're going to be seeing things in real time as they happen, as they develop. 
which is something that even, you know, police, fire, EMS, they don't necessarily see things as it's happening. They right. get called after it's happening. So right. I think that's probably going to be our biggest um, thing coming up next mm-hmm. and as we deal. And like Doug said, as we deal with the drones and everything, those take live pictures. Right. So, so you all mentioned technology and equipment and things like that. Um, and Glenna alluded to it a little bit. How is that going to affect the people? We, and let's just, I'll put a poll out right now. Um, and Doug, maybe you can add one of these two. I, I love the polls that you put up. How many of us would agree that we are different today than we were on day one of our career? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, significantly. So all of this stuff that you're talking about, how is it going to change the people or affect the people who are going to be working with that level of technology and being inundated with information? How can we prepare them for what's coming? Yeah, I think, I think that if you look back, I mean, many of us have been on a very long time. When I started, we didn't have a lot of cell phones. Some longer than others, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have cell phones back in my day. Well, we had them, but only like doctors had them. We all had pagers. Right. And when that became a big thing, cell phones came in, everybody was like, oh my God, how are we going to cope with this? And then we got caller ID and everybody was like, oh mama. But the problem was (laughs) people had this technology at their house already. People already had that kind of stuff. We were just barely catching up to these things saying, we got to hurry up and catch up. So it seems like dispatch is kind of always behind a little bit. I got a feeling in the next five, 10 years, it's going to go way in advance. Mm-hmm. And the people that are really technical now at home doing all their computers, and all the other stuff, I think are going to really walk into an environment they're comfortable with. I think the more senior people may have some difficulty adapting, but <laughs> okay, that's why I retired. But <laughs> yeah. I think we need to increase the uh, training for dispatchers all around. Uh, With change, we want to make sure that we are effective at dealing with that change. And the only way to do it is to train more often on it. And I think we're going to have to train more often off of the floor uh, rather than always on the job training. And to do so, I think the number one thing that's going to have to be looked at is what's the staffing level at your agency. We can take on these changes and they may make us more efficient but it's also giving us a lot more data, a lot more things to monitor, a lot more things to look at and consider to make sure we get it right. And the way to get it right is to make sure we have proper staffing that are able to go from A to Z instead of A and then, you know, and skip a few steps and then eventually right. get there. Right, if right. We're going to get access to all this information and access to all this data. We want to make sure we're successful at interpreting it and protecting the people we dispatch for and the citizens as well that we're responding to, but also making sure that the dispatchers don't feel overwhelmed and completely stressed out. Right. Because, and I, and I think we can all agree that, um, you know, whenever there's a new piece of technology or equipment, they always say, well, where should we put it? Well, let's put it in dispatch because our <laughs> room is the only room that is fully staffed or at least staffed some 24 yeah. seven. So the next monitor, put it in dispatch, the next yeah. camera, put it in dispatch, the next database, put it in dispatch. And so Joe, I think you're right that we are going to demand more from our employees. So how do we prepare those people? Because, you know, we've all done this for double digit years and studies have shown that younger generations coming in, um, you know, if the job isn't exciting, if it doesn't 
speak to them, they're out and on to the next thing. So to give them all this training and provide them with all of this technology, how do we keep them in the room? How do we keep them there so they are the next people who are doing We Speak Dispatch in 2050, taking on the, you know, and talking about, oh, remember back in 2020? No, and and Glenna, you're you're kind of the, the the people person. How do we prepare the next generation to be ready for all this? Yeah. You know, I think that that you have to you have to have them be a part of it first of all. They have mm-hmm. to be the ones that are doing the 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 change. They have to be the ones that this is what we need. This is what we want to look at. Um, it, it and it starts. I mean, I'm thinking of all the things that that would have to be on board. Your bargaining unit needs to mm-hmm. negotiate for, uh, when I say benefits, I mean like EAP benefits, like that the support, the mental health access um, needs to be significant, which it's, it's not in mm-hmm. communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're left out of a lot of debriefs, things like that. Um, also your pay and your benefits need to match the job that you're doing. Right. Uh, and then you need to, you need to, co- invest in the people that, that you're, you're demanding all of this on. And you need to make sure, like, like uh, Joe said, the training is going to be just so important. Mm-hmm. We always train to the worst and then hope for the best. Right. You, have to, you have to prepare them for what they're going to see and what they're going to be expected to do. Because if you just put, like you said, if you just put another monitor in there, oh, watch this. Well, what right. am I watching? What am I looking? If right. they don't understand, it's not going to interest them at all. Right. And then it's not going to take it seriously, which we see now. Right. And then right. like that said, the older people, hi, that's me. Hey, really? <laughs> you know, we don't learn 50 things all at once. Like we did when we were 20, we, you know, right. it's a little bit of time and, and there's sure. a lot of fear in that. Oh my gosh, I can't learn this. Oh my gosh. Am I going to be able to do this job? So that needs to be addressed as well because right. the people that are new now, they're going to be in this situation in the next 10, 15 oh, yeah. years. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I know that when my department went from DOS-based CAD, which <laughs> like three years ago, <laughs> yeah, like uh, like 2012, but uh, <laughs> when we left that old old system, and, and a lot of new people don't even know what DOS even is, but it was very mm-hmm. old. We lost a lot of people in my department. The yeah. CEO all said, "We're leaving. We're out of here. We're not going to learn a new system." And I kept telling them, "Don't let new technology chase you out of this place." Right, right. It's the same stuff you use at home if you got a laptop or a computer at your house. It's the same basic principles. Mm-hmm. So many people were frightened by it. We lost so many people at the top. My office that I that I worked at only had seventeen dispatchers, and we lost six right off the top. Wow, wow. They just yeah. decided we're at retirement age. We're not going to relearn anything. We're done. We're done. And it was just and you lose all that knowledge. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, right out the window. Right. One thing, Doug, about that DOS system though is how often did it crash? Not very often. That thing was a workhorse, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing about all these technology changes and everything else. You're talking software updates. You're talking taking yeah. the products mm-hmm. down. And I think we also have to train and be aware that, yeah, the technology is great, but the 911 centers in some aspect, when you bring all this software equipment in and everything else, we'll have to do more updates. We'll have to be down without certain products. And how, right. do, we, how do we address that and everything else and make sure we're backed up and I think that's an interesting part of it. When everybody talks DOS and believe it or not, I started on DOS for just a little while as well. <laughs> wow. myself. 
Yeah. And then we upgraded and Doug, Doug's right. It's a workhorse. It never crashed. When I went down, that thing was up and I had my tools mm -hmm. and everything else ready to use. But now that we integrate towards much more advanced technology, the uh, downtime and uh, software updates and can you down just a few consoles if you have multiple seats in your PSAP mm -hmm. or if you're mm -hmm. a solo PSAP, how does that operate? All has to go uh, into consideration as well. I think so. And I think one thing that we can't forget is that there are going to be people watching these videos. There's going to be people filtering this information. And um, I was talking to a younger, newer, you know, just entering this profession. And he, he made this comment and we all kind of chuckled because everybody else in the room was, you know, been on the job for a while. Wow. And we asked him, hey, do you think that dispatch is going to be something that you will do for the rest of your career, your adult life? And he said, uh, I, I don't think so. And we said, well, why not? And he, he put these two words together that I've heard before, but not stated in this way. He said, I just don't know that dispatch allows me to self-actualize. And I can't even say it right. Actualize. <laughs> self-actualize. And that's exactly, that, that's exactly, we were like, what does that um, mean? What does that mean? Wow. And we talked to him a little bit more and he said, you know, all of this stuff that we've been talking about, the, the personal impact, the, that I'm connected to what I'm doing, that I have an opportunity to grow as an individual. And I think that, you know, and we've only got a couple minutes left, so this may be a whole nother segment down the line, but how do we take that concept of self-actualization? And, you know, Glenna has said it, we've all said it. We are service providers. We are helpers. We are, the, we are caretakers. Mm -hmm. So how do we take all of that technology that we've been talking about and then put it in a format where the people who are here to help feel as though they're not just pushing a button because that's what the drone told them to do and really connecting with all of that stuff. So last couple minutes give me give me your ideas what do you think how can we well, do well, it i know that i've told people in when i go out and teach classes that you've got to think the technology is there we have surrey we have alexa we have all these dumb things <laughs> out there mm -hmm. you don't want a nine-on-one call being answered by alexa you right. don't want a nine-on-one call being answered no. by surrey that's where you got to have that human yeah. connection and whatever that big word was you said probably related to that. actualization whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I would just uh, end with saying I think that the leaders are going to be important in 911 centers to make them feel a part of the team. Yeah, I think the number one thing for dispatchers right now is they want to feel a part of the team. You're looking mm -hmm. at the states that we just want to be classified as first responders. You know, that's yeah. it. Let it and, and the people that are fighting that, I just say I don't know if they have their eyes on the prize in the future Agreed. of where 911 is going. And so making them feel a part of the team. And then I would just challenge 911 leaders to not only be climbing the ladder and learning knowledge yourself, but building ladders for your staff to also climb. Otherwise, you're going to lose the people. I like so that. Don't oh. be a ladder climber. Be a ladder builder. Woo! Oh. I like it. You're going to get that on a shirt pretty soon. No kidding. <laughs> Glenna, any final thoughts? Um, I think that Joe is 100% correct. Just remember that leaders aren't always supervisors. Uh, line level people need to be those leaders as well. They need to invest in their own future 
Mm -hmm. um, they are the ones that need to be bringing this technology, learning it, and bringing it forward in the dispatch center. It, it shouldn't just come from supervision. Yeah. Here, yeah. you will be doing this. And I think that, that supervision that invests in their people and that goes out to the floor and says, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And then goes forward based on that input. I think that's invaluable. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are at the end, but I guess in closing, I'd, I'd just like to encourage everybody who is participating in We Speak Dispatch, number one, share it, but two, really, you know, get involved where you can, no matter where you are in the organization, don't sit back and wait for somebody else to do something for you. If you see a need, if you see something that lights that fire for you, take it forward. Because like Lena said, everyone is a leader. It doesn't come with a label. It comes with your influence. Yep. So thanks very much for watching another episode of We Speak Dispatch. We can't wait to see and talk with you again. If you've got any questions or comments or feedback for us, put them down in the comments here, or you can also send us an email at wespeakdispatch at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.